This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello everyone and welcome along to the post-game podcast on the Liverpool Echoes Blood Red channel with me, Patrick Smith, after Liverpool left it late to win 3-1 away to Wolverhampton Wanderers in the Premier League to send the Reds temporarily top of the table. The dreaded early kickoff curse seems to be back once again this season with a dreadful first half from the Reds following the international break. But after going behind in the first half, Cody Gakpo pulled the Reds back into the game with his goal shortly after half-time. And on his 200th Premier League appearance, Andy Robertson popped up in the 85th minute to snatch victory for the Reds, with Harvey Elliott's deflected strike adding a third to send Liverpool top of the Premier League. At the time of recording, that is. Presumably, by the time some of you may be listening to this, that may well be different. Well, there's lots of good and bad to discuss, and there's plenty of reaction for you on today's pod. So let's head straight to Molyneux for Paul Gorst's verdict from the press box, followed by Jürgen Klopp's press conference, and then plenty of fan reaction from the travelling cop. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool have gone top of the Premier League with a 3-1 win here against Wolverhampton Wanderers at Molyneux. Uh, that might only be temporary, um, recording this just before Manchester City get underway at West Ham United this afternoon. But um, for now, it's maybe a little bit of a symbol that Liverpool are heading in the right direction after the table in uh, 12 months or so. First time they've been top of the Premier League since May 2022. And uh, it didn't really look like Liverpool were going to come away from here with a victory after a really difficult first half that saw them can see the goal inside seven minutes. Uh, Huang Hee uh, Chan, he scored um, early on after great work from Pedro Neto, who basically tore through the right side of Liverpool's defence. Joel Matip and uh, Joe Gomez at right back in. Um, it looked as if Wolves were going to extend the lead before Liverpool got back into it, in all honesty. There were so many Liverpool players who were off the, um, off the pace after a um, international break. Jürgen Klopp was asked about the 12 days of kickoffs on uh, Friday in his press conference. And he basically said that uh, he wasn't a fan of them, particularly coming after an international break. Uh, and Alexis McAllister, who was playing for Argentina in Bolivia earlier this week, 12,000 feet above sea level. Uh, in La Paz, he was uh, perhaps um, the most off the pace. And it was understandable, to be fair, to the Argentina World Cup winner. But um, if he had a little bit of an excuse or an explainer for why he was so out of sorts, uh, not too many others in the Liverpool squad did. But um, Liverpool somehow managed to stay in the game, get into half-time 1-0, and it was a different game in the second half. Uh, Cody Gakpo made it 1-1 with his final touch of the game. Uh, Diogo Jota came off, uh, Luis Diaz came on, uh, Darwin Nunes came on, and slowly but surely Liverpool started to wrestle control of the game. Um, made it 2-1 through captain Andy Robertson, who stormed up the pitch. Nice one too with Mo Salah, who uh, was probably unfortunate to claim a hat-trick of assists. Um, he might have to go down with just two after the third goal, but Robertson made it 2-1. On a 200 Liverpool appearance, he was in possession of the captain's armband as well, so the day couldn't really have gone any better for the Scotland captain. Um, and then Harvey Elliott, in stoppage time, rattled one in off the post, but there's some conjecture over who actually uh, that goal belongs to. He was trying to claim it just then when I spoke to him a few moments ago, but uh, it might go down as an own goal, which means that Salah won't get the hat-trick of assist either. But either way, Liverpool come away from Molyneux with difficult assignments on a Saturday afternoon with a big 3-1 win and more evidence that this growing team is emerging and heading in the right direction. It's finished here at Molyneux. Wolves 1, Liverpool 3. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Oh, I thought in the first half of a couple of times... 
WTF. Um, but so we were not we were not ready first half, obviously. But Wolves did really well on top of that. So you could see it in these situations when Neto walks through three players into the box and we were not there, last step not there. I know I work with these boys now with some of them a few weeks, seven, eight, nine weeks, with some longer. I know when they can, they are there. Today they couldn't in a lot of moments. You saw with Maka, you saw with other players, you, they were just not they didn't have the legs today. So but I know as well after a long time if you can get through a first half uh, with a reasonable result, like not being massively down, you can you can turn it. And um, but the, the team needed help, and we thankfully we could deliver the help a little bit with a change and a change of system and these kind of things. So obviously completely different halves. And you saw this, pretty much the same players first half looked a bit rusty, and second half, yeah, the boys were. It looked much easier, and um, so Wolves played a super first half. We a really bad one, and second half we were really good and controlled the game and 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 kept going and scored one and then not directly the second, so we needed a while, but we stayed calm. I liked that a lot. It was no rush. We didn't kick balls somewhere. We really tried to um, play around break lines. So and three one is a result. I didn't. Expect and after 20 minutes and maybe not in half time, but during the second half we, we deserved the result and so that's fine. Yeah, yeah, he did well. Eh? He did really well. It was really good. It's a nice, wonderful experience for him. So he came on always in very decisive moments. It's not that he was not, it didn't come on to to close games or whatever. It was uh, we were a bit we had to do something there. And today he was good. I have to say. Um, and yeah, in such a disorganized team like we were in the first half, being the one who looks kind of all right <laughs> is a statement. Absolutely. So really happy for him. He is obviously um, pretty happy in the moment as well. But uh, no, he's a good boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dom. <laughs> but I have to say, it's really he has a massive influence on our game already. So it's it's like he. And he didn't play well first half, eh? so he was uh, he lost balls and stuff like this. Where you think, oh God, uh, like we lost so many balls. I think that the, the main the main situation of of um, Wolves were when we gave the ball pretty much in a in a center circle away, and then they had the the counter attacks. Then had the diagonal balls to Neto. Obviously, we left Joe in a one v one situation. Neto really in a really good moment, good first half. Um, so that was the moments, and that doesn't help, but. He stays in a game, uh, that's probably the biggest strength. So it's not a great game, but he stays in a game. In the second half, he played Curtis and, and Dom on a double six, uh, which is a, a very offensive um, double six. But they did really well, they did really smart, both of them. And so, yeah, he turned it into a really good game. Yes. Oh, he was done. No, he was done. Yes, yellow card, and he he was exhausted in the first half already. So come on, we know now how good Alexis is. Um, and first half, obviously, he decision making. I, I, we saw during the week 
<laughs> when he had the oxygen mask. Um, I'm not sure where it was exactly, but I thought a couple of times they should have left it a bit longer um, there. That, that would have helped maybe. So it was just tough. And it was pure. Just come on, that's that's it for today. And the yellow card. And when you are in that, in a game like this, it's pretty likely that you come in a challenge a bit too late, and then you have the second yellow. And that's it. Um, that's all. He was. He had good moments in the first half, but he had some uh, other moments as well, and you could see it. And I think he was not really disappointed when we took him off. I think it was rather a relief. Absolutely, it's unbelievable. He's involved in everything. So yeah, uh, first half wasn't great, obviously, but second half then again different system, and he's just is uh, very is a key moment player. Definitely, he's always there when we when we need him. Um, you know, like everybody stepped really up in the second half. Really good. Paul and the last one, Joe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You usually usually learn things like this a bit late in the season um, about your team. So we learned obviously pretty quickly, um, pretty early. Yes, we we are still we are still just we, we are not we are not stable yet. We are not. But then if it and no, I think with all the changes we 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 made now and and again for this game today. Um, how can we be stable? It's really I don't ask for that. I ask for trying everything, for making the next steps and stuff like this. In the first half, it was obviously not the case, but the second half, then um, even more so, and that's super helpful. Obviously, yeah, of course, we turning games around is helpful whenever it happens in the season. So we that we should um, not come that often in that in the situation is clear as well. But for today, it's absolutely all right and. Um, you have to to good as good to play as good as you can, and it looked for me a little bit that we just couldn't play better in the first half for some reasons. And second half, then I, I experienced that now a couple of times when you have really tough weeks um, when players come back. Then it's sometimes the first half. I hope it's not always the case, but sometimes it can happen that the first half uh, they need a little bit to shake the the, the, the legs off, and um, we have to work on that. That it doesn't happen because the next international break we play Everton then. Um, but um, the reaction was top class. Joe, last one. Yeah. Jurgen, obviously, it was a struggle for periods. You had no, you had, you didn't have your captain there or your vice captain. To have someone like Andy Robertson there, is it, is it important for a manager to have like a senior guy there when things aren't going well? To He's not the only senior guy we had on the pitch. Eh? So uh, Ali was there, Mo was there, Joel was there. I would say Diogo is a senior as well. We have enough of, of these guys, so it's all fine. Um, yeah, but Robo is an important player to us. Um, if you don't know it, then have a look at the stats. He plays pretty much all the time. Um, and we don't do that because he's a nice guy. So um, it's just, it was his 200th game today, primary game, big number. Curtis, 100 game, big number. Um, both players. Are probably pretty proud of that, and then scoring in a in a game like this um, is is big because it doesn't happen a lot. But it, it, it a good example for the second half, the change between first and second half, because obviously Robo would have never been in a position 
where he scored the goal. In the first half, there was no chance. So um, we became more flexible, and that's very important in football. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hello, Alex Watt. Looking back at the win over Wolves away today. Um, it's a bit mad that we've won that 3-1 in the end, really. And it's a result which probably masks some of the issues that we've seen today in terms of the performance. But hey, maybe it's a season where we just keep grinding them out despite starting slow. You know, we, we won quite a few trophies in previous seasons with that mentality. And I think that's 16 league games in a row now unbeaten, which is quite the run. Um, it's funny that Liverpool made all those sloppy errors in the first half only for Jose Sarr to gift them with that goal with probably the worst mistake of the game, possibly the worst kick out you're going to see from a goalkeeper this season. Um, but the comeback, you know, Robbo scoring his first goal in ages while wearing the captain's armband. Um Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones in the crowd after Elliott scored the third. I know the Premier League are claiming it's an own goal because they hate fun, but I'm calling it Elliott's. Um, and they're probably the moments we should try and remember more so than how flat that first half performance was. Um, bit of a shame for me in the sense that I've um, not had a chance to get on the pod this season so far um, and talk about the new midfield signings and the new look to the team. And wax lyrical about how good the new lads have been, really. I can't necessarily do that with particularly McAllister today, but I will say that Shobazlai is just so good in whatever midfield role he seems to be given. And the next Gerard shouts really don't seem overblown the more that I watch him play. But yeah, we shouldn't linger on the first half too much other than to say, you know, Liverpool were poor. We know that Wolves were really, really good set up really well to be fair to beat us in the midfield battles consistently they probably should have been more than one nil up you know one chance in particular how they didn't go two nil up really is is baffling but as ever really the second half performance was loads better from Liverpool thanks to a half-time tactical shift the substitutions helped by the fact that Wolves couldn't maintain the energy levels of the first half the gap started to appear for Liverpool to exploit but again, it feels like a case of Klopp being reactive rather than proactive in terms of setting us up to come out the blocks from the start, you know, really be strong from the outset. And yes, the 12.30 kickoffs are an issue after these international breaks. Klopp is right to be irritated about that because it, it feels like every 12.30 performance is like this and the schedulers seem to give us so many of them after these international breaks. But... There's still a case of, you know, us causing ourselves issues when we don't necessarily need to. You know, Joe Gomez is not a right back. He certainly isn't a Trent Alexander-Arnold level right back, which Neto exposed far too often for my liking in the first half. Alexis McAllister isn't a defensive midfielder and he certainly isn't a great one when he's absolutely knackered from international duty. He looked today, you know, every bit like a guy who'd been away in South America playing, you know, 12,000 miles above sea level or whatever it was and flown back very, very recently. You know, there's a reason why Klopp hates these early kickoffs after international breaks so much. But 
at the same time, he doesn't have to start Alexis McAllister. You know, Endo, Graham Birch are both on the bench. But that aside, you know, Klopp shifting things for the second half massively helped on those fronts. McAllister came off. Gomez was told to play like a classic right back rather than a Trent tribute act. And things looked a lot more solid on that front. And the other positive yet again is that we have such a depth of attackers that Klopp can bring on, you know, Luis Diaz, Darwin Nunes, Harvey Elliott too. And it's the kind of spark that completely changes games like this. It turned it on its head. They were all great. They all made such a difference. And it meant too that Mo Salah could actually get in the game. Um, you know, Wolves couldn't triple up on him like they were in the first half. You know, he could barely get in the game in the first half, but then he ends up with a hat-trick of, of assists from the second half. Whether the Premier League want to give him that last one or not, it's still an assist in my eyes. And you can really see the potential in this squad when everyone is fully fit and available. The concern, obviously, is if injuries happen, if suspensions happen, you know, Van Dijk and Trent unavailable today, Canate couldn't start. That's how you end up with Gomez at right back. There's no real cover there. Um, Gerald Kwanzaa comes in at centre-back, which I actually thought was a real positive from today. You do love to see academy prospects get these chances, but I also felt like he acquitted himself really well. Um probably our best defender to be honest today much more composed than than his senior colleagues to be honest I thought he did great um but that back line is probably the main worry I think if Klopp can keep that more stable if he can ensure that defensive midfield role in particular is solidified you know McAllister shouldn't be playing there he needs to be higher up the pitch where he can do more damage and we need to have you know an Endo or a Gravenberch holding, um, being the holding midfielder. Um, get those issues sorted. This is a team and a squad that has a real opportunity to challenge hard for that Premier League title this season. Um, and even with the slow starts, every game I see this season just fills me with confidence that the team will grow into the season more and do exactly that. So, yeah, fingers crossed. 3-1 today. On to the next one. Cheers, up the Reds. Turns out to be a really good win for Liverpool at Molyneux against Wolves after what was a really, really poor first-half performance. And I think analysis should never be results-driven. And I think because Liverpool have won the vast majority of their games this season, it may have clouded over some of the deficiencies within their performance for a lot of people. But in terms of the first half, it wasn't too dissimilar to, for example, what we've seen against Chelsea when a bit of organised pressure was put on Liverpool's build-up and then they obviously succumbed to that surrender in the ball. And also, I suppose, in the Newcastle fixture before they actually went down to 10 men, Liverpool were struggling with that aspect as well. So it's definitely a common running theme and a problem that Liverpool still have. And one thing I would say about the, the performance in general in that first half was a lot of the time, a lot of these errors have came from, like I say, the opposition having organised pressure and Liverpool really struggling with that. But I wouldn't even say Wolves had a, such a, a magnificent pressing system that Liverpool were struggling to overcome in the build-up. It was more Liverpool's actual, in this particular game, individual errors. I mean, Liverpool's players at times had lots of time and space on the ball to be able to move it forward or, or retain possession. But individually some of the technical ability, the choices of the players on the field and their ability to be able to manipulate the ball when they actually had it 
in possession was nowhere near the level, nowhere near. And I think I was surprised at the the starting eleven in the sense of Liverpool are now on. I think it was before kick off a fifteen game unbeaten run since implementing a change in the in the system and the shape of the team. And there can be no doubt that it's massively benefited Liverpool. I mean, there's been times, obviously, within games where they've been fortunate to get some of the outcomes that they have, but they've been largely few and far between over the over the 15-game period. So it's definitely been a positive for Liverpool, and that's reflected in the amount of possession they've been able to keep, the amount of chances they've created, and actually the amount of chances they've actually seeded on their own goal. So in that sense, you can see why Jürgen Klopp would have wanted to stick to that system but without Trent Alexander-Arnold and that has obviously not been the case in any of the games that Liverpool, Liverpool have played largely Alexander-Arnold is a unique footballer and the system has been built around his moving within the, the different units of the team based on whether Liverpool are in out of possession or, or whether they're counter-pressing at any particular time and without Alexander-Arnold Joe Gomez was tasked, tasked with the right back role and I was really surprised to actually see Liverpool adopt that system with Gomez acting in the, the Alexander Arnold role because in all pre-season it has not been the case that either Joe Gomez or Andy Robertson have played inside in that shape and that is because basically neither player can play in amongst bodies from pressure from multiple sides it's not something they are suitable to be able to do to receive the ball and that's just character traits and player profiles which obviously suit different different styles and like I say, when Joe Gomez had operated at right back in pre-season, it was Costa Simicas, who's a far superior technical footballer than Robertson and Gomez, who'd been tasked with flipping the system in the sense that he would be the full-back who'd come inside, but obviously from a left-back position. And when I seen Gomez doing it today, it didn't look right from the off. And he was almost caught in between the two positions, but also in possession. You're not, he's not able to offer you anything substantial in, in, in it being workable for the side to be able to to get any massive massive gains from it and Liverpool were finding serious problems in that but also I can't you know a lot of the, the things about football is tactical and why this system why that system yeah I, I was surprised at the shape with Gomez going in there but it was more individual for me I couldn't believe some of the performances of some of the Liverpool players I mean Alexis McAllister's performance I was surprised he started to be fair because of I know he'd had a a game which he'd played last for, for Argentina, obviously played both games, but the last one I think was in ridiculous sort of conditions. In, I don't know if it was the altitude or whatever it may be. So I was surprised to see him line up and he certainly looked like he was still, he looked like a player who'd travelled that amount of distance, to be perfectly honest with you, and then was playing a 12.30 kickoff. Normally such a, a assured technical footballer was all over the place in that first half. And I thought Dominic Saboslai was really poor as well. And when you've got your two players who you're looking to, to be retainers of the ball, the, the most creative players as well in that central area of the pitch, and not functioning. Well, Liverpool obviously had a problem with that, but it was it was a 1-11 problem as well. So system was a surprise. I didn't think it was implemented particularly well either, but also individuals not being able to carry out basic football and tasks when in possession of a football caused Liverpool major deficiencies. In the second half, Klopp, switched the system he obviously switched to a 4-4-2 I think largely to be able to fill up the different sections of the pitch really because Wolves were able to switch the ball at will and were finding Pedro Neto in isolation situations where he could then cause cause separation between himself and the fullback therefore by operating with a 4-4-2 more channels of the pitch were then filled and Liverpool could get 
some kind of assurance within the game that they weren't going to be counter-attacked and, and vulnerable to that. Liverpool then started to gain more possession. They operated with a flat two-man midfield and Sir Bosley and, and Curtis Jones, both who I felt played well in the in the second half. Curtis Jones especially because he is the kind of player who can retain the ball. He's almost a cooler player when Liverpool are in possession, makes choices that are more sensible. And that's what Liverpool needed at that stage in the game. And I have mentioned before that you know, the idea that to be able to play in a two-man midfield or to be, to be the deepest player in a midfield, that you need to be a combative player, a destructive player. That is not the case. Many teams have had great success with, with footballers in there and Liverpool decided to go down that route in the first half with Alexis McAllister and previously against Aston Villa. And also in the second half, combined two of them kind of players to gain some stability in the, in possession of the ball, really. And it worked because Liverpool then got a, a, a ring fence around Wolves's final third really monopolised possession and were able to create chances from that and I've mentioned Jones before but I'd like to mention another player in Harvey Elliott who came on and hardly wasted the ball and I think he's such a an excellent temperature cooler really for Liverpool he's able to retain the ball in, in different kinds of situations with different pressure from different sides as is Jones and then players can be really valuable especially in a game which is almost represented a basketball game in the first half where Liverpool are treating the ball like a hand grenade, really. And again, that worked to Liverpool's benefit. And I'm a, and I'm a big fan of either player. I mean, I've mentioned Jones before for Liverpool, but Harvey Elliott, I think he's going to be a really fantastic player. I think he's got absolutely impeccable technique when he's in possession of the football, but I also think he's got a lot more to show in the final third as well in terms of his actual ball striking, his passing. I think he's got good variety in that over different distances. And also, just his ability to cleanly find moving targets in that final third. And again, I just felt he was a helper for Liverpool today because he was the exact kind of player that Liverpool needed to be able to retain the ball and gain some territory within Wolves' final third, really. And Liverpool go on to win the game. And I, I suppose I'm going to go back to the, the passing front, really, the, the passing topic and Mohamed Salah because the winning goal from Andy Robertson, which was a good underlap and run from Robertson really to, to find himself in the penalty area but the ball with the outsider is booted by Salah and I, I've, I've mentioned this a few times now but the actual skill set that he's developed in terms of his passing over the last few years I mean Leo Messi is the absolute pinnacle of passing within Wales football but I actually think if you wanted any other player at this moment in time or over the past year or so on the ball with his left foot in that channel you'd be hard pressed to find a better option than Salah in, the, in that then particular moments. I mean, if you look, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, even this season, the passing to Luis Diaz with the outside of the boot perfectly weighted, almost with a spin on the ball to be able to stop right at his feet and, and evade the defender by playing through the penalty area. And also, the perfectly weighted passing to Darwin Nunes to end up with the winning goal for Liverpool at Newcastle, which was a, a more firmer pass, a pass played with the inside of the boot. He's got such variety, again today, using the outside of his boot to be able to find Robertson on the move. And the time and the execution has to be absolutely perfect to be able to create them goals, which ultimately has made the difference in Liverpool coming out with these wins at Newcastle, getting a point at Chelsea and then winning at Wolves today. And if anything shows how important he is, then that can't, that can't show any more how, how important it was that Liverpool retained what is an absolute world-class player. But I really do believe now that alongside Kevin De Bruyne and Trent Alexander-Arnold, we're looking at him 
being within the best passers in the Premier League because people talk about passers who you know play deeper, which more time and space to be able to pick passes. The best pass passes of the ball are the ones who operate in the most crowded areas and who are able to find the final pass, find their moving targets when pressure is at its most it condensed the most limited time that you have on that ball. And again, he's been the difference maker today. And like I say, I mean, yeah, I always talk about Leo Messi being by far the greatest footballer of all time. And that's basically because there's there's three aspects that you can do when you receive a football, which is dribble, pass and shoot. And he is the best at absolutely every one of them. But if you actually look at Salato, obviously a much lesser level, but in terms of being able to pass the ball and being able to finish the ball, two of the three of them actual combinations, that's why Liverpool... He is so valuable to Liverpool and one of the best players who currently operates in world football. And it's been the difference for the, the crucial goal in the game today in what was a good win for Liverpool in the end after a really poor first half performance. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 3-1 win over Wolves at Molyneux. It was a, a nervous starting eleven for me, wasn't it? If you look at the back line, really only Andy Robertson was um, comfortable and a, a traditional member of our back four over the past few years so that that was a, a source of some nerves and you know slight disruption around the rest of the field in terms of those who were selected uh, but Jürgen's hands were tied I think so many players traveling from so far away nonetheless ahead of the back line full of competent players um, 40 seconds in you know we we saw Joe Gomez playing in the right back position, sweeping the ball over to Andy Robertson, lofting it over, just as you'd expect Trent to have done when he was playing the more traditional fullback row role, and and that that generated some early confidence. And as the game went on, I thought Kwanzaa once again showed a a very steady hand. I mean, I think he was uh, he really does seem to be a very promising player. And those of us who Thought we were perhaps a little bit short at the back coming into this season. I think perhaps a, a little more satisfaction at his development. Um, then, though, we just really gave the ball away far too much. And much of the responsibility for that was down to our, our new midfielders, uh, Joboslai, four times in the first 22 minutes, giving away possession. Um, and three of those were, you know, when he was not under too much pressure McAllister as well one of them led to him trying to make up for it and, and, and getting a yellow card as a result Diogo Jota also giving the ball away I and mean, this was far far too frequent and, and that was in many ways our undoing it gave Wolves confidence um, they they got the feeling that they could threaten us at the back and that we were going to make mistakes and sure enough that the goal that came was was brilliant on their part wasn't it an outstanding down the left-hand side, I thought Joe Gomez actually did all right in in uh, sort of just guiding him uh, and and allowing the players to get back. And we had enough numbers on that left-hand side where the trouble was caused. But such a such a fabulous dribble through our defenders. And then I think Andy Robertson probably culpable in not being able to get rid of the ball as it came across him, and we were one down. My my analysis of that, and I was quite interested to see, you know, what are we going to do with Trent out of the side? Are we going to continue in this in this hybrid role, or are we going to revert to, I suppose, a flatter back four with advanced fullbacks? And the way I saw it was, in the first twenty minutes, we were we were flat with with Gomez very high up the field at times, but in a right back position or in a right wing position, I would say. 
what that generated was Zabozlai having to really force his way back to cover um, on on more than one occasion, and that took that took it out of him and was clearly going to stretch us. And then, as again, as I saw it on the twenty minute mark, things changed, and we we saw Joe Gomez instead of go instead of um, shooting up the right hand side of the field, he would tuck in alongside McAllister in that more hybrid role that we've seen Trent um, take up since uh, the latter part of last season. And for some time, you know, Wolves... For some time now, Wolves have just been poor in front of goal. They have, in in the last few seasons, looked very threatening coming forward. They look imposing on the break, don't they? But they are just quite incompetent in front of goal, have been for some time, and there was some comical displays in front of goal from them today and I think that's what kept kept them at bay and that's what kept us in the game through to half time I think um, it's quite telling that when the substitution came at half time McAllister was the man to fall on his sword new signing a world cup winner and yet the man who we have more than any other player this season, asked to fill that role, that Fabinho-sized role in the holding position in the middle of defence. The fact that he was withdrawn, I think, shows that we haven't settled that position yet. Um, and, and there's a, a lot to be decided about who ultimately will take up that holding position in midfield, whether it's going to be someone currently in the squad or somebody perhaps who arrives from... South America, perhaps, in the January transfer window. Um, Graven Birch possibly will be moulded in that way, but clearly it's a question that's yet to be answered. And then there was a there was something of a an unfamiliar deployment of our of our players at the beginning of the first half. It seemed to be a little bit too often two players occupying one space, but I think it was enough, frankly, to confuse Wolves and and you could see the momentum change. You could see the shape of the game changing. Then the further two substitutes that came on, Liverpool looked far more familiar, um, more traditional, orthodox four-three-three as I saw it, and things settled down, and we and we really dominated the second half, didn't we? Our penchant for starting games badly and going behind seems to continue, but you know there's great hope there. The way we recovered, the way we, the way Jurgen made substitutions fiddled around with the formation and ultimately um, fell back to what we seem to know best, certainly seemed to stand us in good stead. I've been critical uh, on this podcast of Andy Robertson in front of goal. His finishing has been poor, very poor at times. Not the case today. That was a nice little glancing touch he put on the ball in in a tight space. He didn't have much daylight to put that ball uh over the line and that was that had me leaping around my front room here I also thought that um, in the second half Konate was excellent and it was very encouraging to see him come back as good as Kwonsa was um, Konate is more experienced and certainly at this stage of their respective careers is the better player and it was really good to see him back we'll get Virgil back as well um, I believe for the next game so 
looking good there. A really very, very satisfying three points. Uh, still doubts though, aren't there? But things are looking good. And as I speak, we're top of the league. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.